0: going on guys welcome back to edge of the wormhole episode five and today we're or i'm gonna be bringing you an mlb preview uh, hunter is unavailable for today's episode so I'm doing my first solo pod and we're gonna get into some mlb breakdowns uh, today i think we're gonna go division by division kind of give a an season grade look at all the teams see who's gonna be looking to win each division this year, who's going to be competitive, who's going to take a step back, at least based on my opinions, and maybe get into some players to watch for, uh, looking at the MVP race towards the end of the season. So getting into it, let's start with the National League West. So we have the Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Padres... Giants, and the Rockies. So, I guess we'll start with the big dog, the, the Dodgers. The Dodgers had a, an uncharacteristic LA preseason, so they kind of made some some head-scratching moves to me, so... They, they let Trey Turner walk, let Cody Bellinger walk, Justin Turner, Joey Gallo, Ryan Tyler Anderson, excuse me, Andrew Haney, Greg Kimbrell, David Price, Tommy Painley, Chris Martin. So they lost a lot, a lot of quality arms and bats there over the course of this offseason. They bring in Noah cindergard and J.D. Martinez. Good pickups, but nothing to, to really write home about. Not the kind of guys that they lost i really thought they would make a push to to re-sign trey turner he's been an outstanding player for him since or for them since they went and got him from from the nationals a few years ago so it'll be interesting to see how things shake down there's been talk of them save wanting to save up for for otani in uh this coming off this coming off season. But uh, we'll have to see how that goes. They still are going to be putting a solid lineup out there. And, they're, I mean, they're in the, a top two team in the West. So, I mean, you still got Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, Chris Taylor, Max Muncy, and Gavin Lux in the lineup. So that's six solid bats. And one thing that the Dodgers have been able to do, and it's been unbelievable, is maintain a ridiculously strong farm system while also putting a uh, a top top five lineup out there on the field every single day. So I think this year we're going to see Bobby Miller break in to the MLB. Uh, Pepe Yacht, I believe, pitched a little bit last year, but I believe he'll be up to stay in the majors this year. Uh, Jacob Amaya, he'll be looking to fill the Trey Turner shoes at short. And then you got Miguel Vargas, Michael Bush, Andy Pages, a few guys like that that are, that are going to be looking to, to fill in some cracks too. So I would say right now in the West, it's going to be coming down to the, the Dodgers and the Padres. Uh, with the Giants being another team you can never count out, but we'll get them in just a second. So let's look at what the Padres were able to, to do this off season. So you go and get Xander Bogarts One of the best players on the market A great pickup for them And I feel like that really Solidifies their middle infield You're able to put Him uh, right in the middle Of the lineup with Juan Soto And Manny Machado Who they just re-signed to A monster deal So they're going to be running out one of the best Best lineups in the league again This year So you're gonna have Bogarts, Tati, Soto, and facing the top of that lineup is just gonna be dreadful. They didn't really do a whole lot on the pitching front, but that's not the that's not what this team is is really built for. It's uh, the this team is built to score runs, and you know the the defense, they had some struggles last year, but the, with Bogarts up the middle. I believe they'll be able to step that up a notch. They lost Josh Bell and Sean Mania. Both were solid. Uh, Josh Bell especially did some damage there late in the season. Uh, Mike Clevenger also departed, so the pitching staff, which was solid last year, headed up by Hugh Darvish, will probably take a slight step back, but like I said, those bats are are really going to do some damage out west. One thing I would like to note also is they did lose Padres legend Will Myers. Uh, no batting glove. Superstar out west for a long time in the in the Padres uniform. So, you know, they'll be looking to find another franchise cornerstone like him, which I think they have them. So, they're going to be running a solid team. And just on paper, I if I was picking preseason, I would probably put that Prodre's team just based on the roster ahead of any of the other teams out west right now so looking at another squad that always seems to to put together a good season it's the San Francisco Giants uh, you know not last year but the year before they with a, a less than I would say below average lineup on paper. We're able to put together a 100-plus win season, win the West, and you know ended up getting bounced by the Dodgers in the postseason, anyways. But uh, San Francisco is going is looking to back get back into a uh, competitive state. Last year they were they were down from what they uh, what they were expecting, but this year they went and got Matt, Mitch Haniger. Ross Stripling, and Sean Mania. So Mania stayed in division. Uh, But they lost Rodon, uh, Giants legend Brandon Belt, Evan Longoria, and Jarlene Garcia. So they lost some key pieces, but they're bringing in some quality guys. One big thing, uh, the Giants this offseason thought they had Carlos Correa. I think everybody thought they had Carlos Correa. But they backed out once they kind of saw the how bad his ankle was, and he ended up going back to the Twins after flirting with the Mets as well, but that would have been a really big pickup for them, they really don't, I mean, they still have Brandon Crawford, but, uh, you know, his bats hit or miss, he had an ex, extremely good season two years ago, but outside of that on his career, he's been uh, mediocre at best, really known for his glove. So that would have really helped their middle infield out a lot, being able to bring some more, some more pop to the lineup. Uh, they did go all in on Aaron Judge, but I think everybody kind of felt like he was coming back to the Yankees. He's just a Yankee kind of guy. So moving along with the West, the the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, an up and coming team in my opinion. They have some good arms. At the, at the top of the rotation with Zach Gallen and a few others that are really able to sling it. So they improved by 22 wins from 2021 to 2022 but still weren't really expected to do a whole lot and I believe that's really the state that they're in again. They're in the, the, the west which is really top heavy with LA and San Diego roster, roster wise. So they're going to be playing a lot of a lot of tough games against those lineups, probably a little outmatched. But I believe they're headed in the right direction finally. So they were able to pick up Miguel Castro and Scott McHugh, and then they uh, traded for a player that I have really liked throughout his entire career is Kyle Lewis, a good hitter in Seattle for a long time. So I, I believe they made some good moves. Uh, I, believe they, I think they, they'll make a, a couple more moves as the season, as we get a little bit closer to, to the start of the season. But, yeah, just an up-and-coming team. That's one that we really don't know what we're going to get, but they're at least moving in the right direction. I expect to see them win probably between 70 and, and 80 games this year. And the last team in the West, the Colorado Rockies the Rockies were down last year and I I think we're going to see some more of the same. They didn't really add a whole lot from, from their team that was not competitive for most of the year last year. They add Pierce Johnson and pick up Nolan Jones and Dylan Spain. That's the only really noteworthy moves. Uh, Colorado, I can't say that they're they have as much potential as the Diamondbacks to to do some damage, or that they're moving in as positive of a direction. Especially with the Diamondbacks just being able to snag Drew Jones in the draft, a potential superstar here in the next few years. So, I think I kind of described the teams in the in the order that I have them ranked personally. If the Dodgers get, uh. If the Dodgers are able to get get Walker Buehler back in full force, they could be the number one team towards the end of the season. But right now, for the West, in my opinion, I'm going to go one Padres, two Dodgers, three Giants, four Diamondbacks, and five Rockies. So with that, we'll take it over to the National League Central. So the Central, you got Chicago Cubs, Milwaukee Brewers, Cincinnati Reds, St. Louis Cardinals, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. So we'll start in Chicago. They probably made the biggest splashes here in in free agency out out of those squads. So they bring in Dansby Swanson, probably the second or third best shortstop available this season. So they bring in Dansby, Cody Bellinger, Jamison Tyone, and Brad Boxberger to shore up the bullpen. The the Cubs last year had a uh, a mediocre squad at best, Uh, and bringing in Dansby, Cody Bellinger should bring some immediate help both in the field and at the plate. Bellinger has been, uh, say, streaky at the plate the last last couple seasons but he'll be looking to get his average up this year and in, in Chicago Dansby had a career year last year in Atlanta and uh, we'll see if that continues in that Atlanta lineup he just had a ton of protection so i think he was seeing a lot more pitches that were hittable and he could do some more damage with but uh, he's still a good player obviously a a number one overall pick so We'll, we'll see how it goes in Chicago. I, I like the player. He obviously did damage with what he got in Atlanta. We'll see if he gets pitched a little bit differently, how he handles it. But some good moves there for the Cubs and a couple of guys I think that'll fit in well there in that Chicago atmosphere. And yeah, I think two good moves for the Cubs. I don't know how it'll, how it'll play out this year, but in the next couple of years, I think they'll be able to get some more pieces around them and put a good squad together so moving on to to the Cincinnati Reds as a slight Reds fan somebody who roots for the Reds and the closest team to me uh, you know I pull for the Reds go to the Reds game and it's just not going to be a good product on the field again Uh, you you have Tyler Stevenson the catcher probably a top 10 catcher in the league Jonathan India uh, rookie of the year in the National League a couple years ago, and they're just not really bringing in a whole lot around them. Uh, they had Luke Malley at catcher. Uh, I think the plan for him is to split some time with Stevenson behind the plate. Uh, but they lose Donovan Solano and Mike Miner, a guy who threw actually a lot of innings kind of unexpectedly for the Reds last year. And then you lose a guy that I liked a lot, Kyle Farmer. And, you know, lose him, to trade him away for Casey Legumina from the Twins. Uh, Bring in Kevin Newman. And uh, you bring in Nick Solak, who's had some good moments with the Rangers. But uh, the Reds are, it's kind of strange because they're not fully committing to the rebuild. You know, you still got... Votto there and some good pieces that they could move uh, and then they you know you have Hunter Green the pitching staff so they, they have some, some good young guys to, to build around but they're also not really trying to aggressively build around them either but, but yeah it, the Reds the state of the Reds is kinda it, it feels like they're wandering with no direction I, I personally would really like to see them keep Stevenson, keep Hunter Green, keep India, and just start piece by piece, kind of bringing guys in. You know, the two years ago they were as close to having a a good team as they've ever as they've been since probably 2012, 2013, 2014. That squad was in Cincinnati, but you know, they lost. You trade away Jesse Winkler and Eugenio Suarez, and then you lose Castellanos in free agency. And you go from one of the, I would say probably a top 12 lineup in baseball to, you know, you're a bottom feeder again. They didn't have much pitching with that team. So it wasn't like they were going to make a run at it, but they, they were in playoff contention and they just completely lost all momentum they had going for them. So it felt like they took 10 steps back last year and they didn't make a single one up this year. Uh, so keep moving along in the in the National League Central. We'll get to the Milwaukee Brewers. So the Brewers are once again going to have one of the top pitching staffs in baseball with uh, Corbin Burns leading the leading the charge there for them. Uh, probably top two or three pitcher in the National League should be in the running for the Cy Young again him and Sandy Alcantara probably in my opinion the top two there but they uh they were able to or they, they didn't extend him to an extension but he's still still on the on the payroll but he, they were looking to he was looking for an extension this offseason just say that Uh Saw the start of spring training. It seemed like he was pretty frustrated with the uh, with the uh, with the organization, and you know they, he he was one to he's wanting to be in Milwaukee long term. So was Brandon Woodruff, but they've still got both guys this year, so they've got some time to work something out. So we'll see how it goes there with them. But as far as the lineup goes, you're losing Andrew McCutcheon, losing uh, Jace Peterson. So, to kind of rebuild that lineup, they go out and get Will, uh, William Contreras, Jesse Winkler, and Abraham Toro Hernandez. So, some, some decent pickups Sh- should beef up the, the, the really the middle of that lineup. I don't know about the top of the lineup with Willie Adames, but the, for the middle there, you pick up Winkler, who's, as I mentioned, been a good bat throughout his entire career. William Contreras is coming off a pretty pretty solid season with Atlanta. Don't know if he's going to be catching there. He mostly DH'd in Atlanta, but we'll see if they try if they put him behind the plate or just mostly use him as a bat. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably have the Brewers one or two, depending on how things go with, uh, you know, health and everything. But, yeah, I... I like the the Brewers squad, the the way they're built around their pitching staff. You know, it it's gonna be consistent, it's gonna be good. So yeah, I I think the Brewers are, are gonna be definitely right in the mix in in the east again. Or in the central, excuse me. So yeah, we'll move it on along to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So the the Pirates Last year, were a bottom feeder, but they do have some nice pieces to to build around. You have Cubran Hayes at third base, and then you have <laughs> uh, you have quite a few good young bats there. Good pitching. And you have Brian Reynolds, one of my favorite players in the league right now. Switch hitting center fielder. It's for a ton of contact and power. But not much else there in, uh, in Pittsburgh. So they, they added Vince Velasquez, Carlos Santana, Jarlene Garcia and Austin Hedges. You lose Roberto Perez and Ben Gamel, not not losing a whole lot there. They also went out and picked up G-Man Choi. I think that was a good move for them. And then they also uh, got Connor Joe, some guys that have some potential to. Then will probably be in the lineup a lot this year uh, for Pittsburgh. But again, this lineup it, it's it's mediocre at best. It, I think what Pittsburgh's looking for the most here is just progression. They want to keep taking steps forward and uh, in a smaller market are probably going to be looking to, to to make a move maybe next year or the the year after if everything goes well. One thing I will add is uh, Brian Reynolds did request a trade over the course of the offseason, but... They they aren't looking to trade him really, which I I like. I, I like to see teams keep their guys and you know not give in when they request request a trade. But uh, yeah, hopefully they'll be able to put something around him and Key Brian Hayes. I think two young guys that any organization would be happy to build around. So again, I don't look for Pittsburgh to be competitive this year, but within the next few seasons we'll see uh, see what they're able to put together then the last team in the NL Central the St. Louis Cardinals so the Cardinals were division champs last year they go out and get Wilson Contreras a really really nice pickup to replace Yadier Molina behind the plate in St. Louis they also lose Jose Quintana Albert Pujols to retirement and then Corey Dickerson and bring back Adam Wainwright for one more year so the Cardinals lineup is going to remain for the for the most part the same. Uh, Pujols was in the lineup a whole lot, but uh, you know you use Yadier Molina, but honestly probably get an upgrade there with Wilson Contreras. Uh, yeah, they. I mean you keep Nolan Arenado, you got Paul Goldschmidt. Those two dudes alone are going to you know, keep you in a lot of games. Uh, keep Miles Michaelis, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery, and Stephen Matts. Jordan Montgomery was unbelievable after being traded there from the Yankees last uh, last season as well. So he's going to look to build on what he what he had going for him last season. So I, if I was uh, if I, if I was going to give you a a bet to win a division, I would say the Cardinals are probably probably one of the best bets. They. Are just uh, I feel like the only team in the division that's really complete enough to compete for a World Series. The Brewers have the arms, but not the not really the bats. Cardinals are in a pretty good spot, though. I could see them could see them maybe making a move to go get one more arm around the around the trade deadline. But again, that they they may have somebody in their organization they're looking to. to fill that role, but but we'll see. Uh, I, I think that Cardinals team should run away with the Central, and fought, you know the Brewers may give them a little bit of a run, but Cubs, Pirates, Reds, I, I don't really see them pushing either of the other two teams. So with that, we'll move it along to the National League East, and we'll start with the reigning NL East uh, runners up and World Series runners up, the Philadelphia Phillies. So, the Phillies once again made a major splash in the offseason. This feels like a, a recurring theme with uh, Bryce, Nick Castellanos, and uh, you know, multiple other players throughout the last few years. The Phillies are just shelling out cash to really plan to win. They so they go pick up Trey Turner. Taiwan Walker and Matt Strom. They lose Cindergaard, uh, Kyle Gibson, David Robertson, Coric Neville, Zach Eflin, Brad Hand, and Gene Segura. So looking at that Phillies lineup, you're going to have Bryce Harper back, Nick Castellanos back, adding in Trey Turner. There's uh, no reason not for this for this team not to be making a push at the World Series this year. Keep keep Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola at the top of that rotation, and bring in Taiwan Walker, and they can also hang with anybody. I can't forget Kyle Schwarber and JT Realmuto as well, who were phenomenal last year, and another one of my personal favorites, Reese Hoskins. I, for me, this since this uh, new Phillies regime has started bringing bringing in all these guys. I couldn't really understand why they weren't competitive. You know that you could point to defense, and they did not field well. But for the longest time, it was like, man, what? What were these guys missing? And it felt like last year they really got a got a lot of juice from uh, from the rookies that they brought up there right before the for the postseason. And <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll hope to see them come out and play with that energy again this season. Uh, you know, start to finish, and really felt felt like they found something as a as a team, and they kept a lot of those guys together. So I'm really looking for the Phillies to to put together a nice season, but they are in the same division as the Atlanta Braves, the powerhouse of the NL East here. The past few years, my my favorite team, the Braves, again, kind of. You know they lost Freddie a couple off seasons ago, and then you you lose Dansby this off season. So obviously you can't retain everybody from from these really good squads. But you know, those are two guys you'd really like to keep, and you can kind of feel the the core of the team. You know they, they aren't losing everybody, but uh you know you can feel them losing some significant pieces there. But you still got Austin Riley, you still got Ronald Acuna Jr. who Seems to be based on everything this off season has shown us, getting close to to full health, recovering from the from the torn ACL, and uh, you know Aussie Albies Hopefully, he can stay healthy this season. But it's a good team. Uh, you know, they lost Wilson, William Contreras as well, but but they're going to be right right in the in the mix of it. They went out and got Sean Murphy this year, and they also went out and snagged Nick Anderson from free agency, so add a little bit back to the pitching squad, but they've also, you know, added, <coughs> added a nice bat there with Sean Murphy, so uh, I think the I think the Braves are going to be right back in the mix, you've know, you still got Max Freed, and you'll return most of your rotation. so... Yeah, I think it's going to be really close there between the Braves and the Phillies. But on, on paper, that Phillies lineup, man, just top to bottom. They're, they're going to hit. You're going to, have to, you're going to have to score runs to beat the Phillies this year. So moving on down the NL East, we'll hit on the New York Mets. So the, the biggest story with the Mets this offseason was the Carlos Correa uh, incident. So I, I, I don't know if incident's the right word there, but so I think everybody thought they were signing Correa. They, you know, bring him in and the physical goes horrible with his ankle. Uh, some people are saying it's the worst ankle they've ever seen. Not sure about that, but it's, a uh, yeah, it was really strange that there was so much radio silence and misinformation there floating around with the Mets and and Correa and both parties going back and forth. So they weren't able to get in. It kind of leaves a hole in their middle infield there at at short, but the Mets are still going to be bringing a lot back from their team last year that that was very solid. But it's a team built around pitching, and they went and got some more of it this year with Justin Verlander, who's still... Pitching at an unbelievably high level for his age, but they did lose arguably the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob Degrom, to the Texas Rangers. So they, they lost quite a bit in their bullpen as well with Chris Bassett, Trevor Williams, Adam Ottavino, Trevor May. So we'll see how they're able to make up for that. The starting rotation from Ver, going from Degrom to Verlander takes a I would say a slight hit, if not maybe even gain some, just knowing that. You know, Grama's had the health issues he's, he's had. But I think it's going to be another good lineup. I mean, you keep uh, Francisco Lindor and, and Pete Alonso right there at the top. And, and yeah, they're still, I mean, they're going to be right in the middle of it. The interesting thing that's, I, I, I think what's going to either determine whether or not the, the Mets win the NL East or if they're, hunting for a wild card spot are going to be, is going to be Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez. So those are going to be two of the, the biggest names you'll see as far as young guys this season. Both of them are absolute studs. Some of the best guys in the minors past few seasons. And it seems like, uh, really feels like it's their time to come up. You saw a little bit of Alvarez last year, uh, Towards the end of the season, but if those two guys break through and break out this season, the Mets are going to do some serious damage in the NL East. And uh, they, with the pitching, that's just not a squad that you want to, you don't want to see Verlander and Scherzer first two game of the se- of a series last last year. You know, you got Degrom and Scherzer, and it's really the same scenario. One two, you can get down 0-2 in a series. At the drop of the hat, and then you're just in a hole. So that's the real danger of that Mets team. I think they're going to be really good again, and see if they can build on their best season in a few in, in quite a while. I think since 2015, 2016 there. So yeah, the Mets, the another good team in a, a loaded NL East. So let's move it on down to the Miami Marlins. So looking at the offseason for Miami, they didn't really do a whole lot. They made a few minor trades, but nothing really, you know, nothing to make a splash. Don't sign anybody in free agency, and all the only thing that happens is you lose Brian Anderson. Uh, really strange from the from the Marlins. They they did trade away Pablo Lopez and bring in Luis Arias. So they get another guy that's going to hit for average. Uh, There's been talk of moving Jazz Chisholm to the outfield. But, yeah, the Marlins didn't really put a good squad on the field last year. They never really figured anything out outside of Sandy Alcantara. And it's looking like it's going to be a lot of the same this year. Sandy mowing teams down and yeah the Mets or the Marlins not, not putting up a whole lot of runs behind him I would really like to see them try to make some moves out to put some guys around Jazz Chisholm and and Sandy you know while they're still in their primes here but we'll have to see how that goes I could also see them you know moving on from those guys if they're not seeing any progress in the next one to two years that's just kind of where their front office is and yeah, I'd like to see some more direction there, but as I said, this NL East is, is loaded. All those top three teams are going to really be pushing each other, and if two, two of them broke 100 wins and one breaks 90, I wouldn't be surprised there. But moving along to the final team in the NL East, the... Washington Nationals. So the Nationals go out and add Trevor Williams, good bullpen arm, and Jamer Candelario, you know, make of it what you will. But, yeah, not not really moving a whole lot in the positive direction there. Lose Nelson Cruz, lose Luke Boyd, lose Joe Ross, and lose Cesar Hernandez. So, it doesn't really seem... Seem like they're going to be or have really any intent on making a uh, making a move towards the postseason this year. They, uh, yeah, they re- they really don't have a whole lot to build on. The a whole lot of their money's tied up in Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin, who they signed to monster deals after their World Series run there. So, yeah, they don't have a whole lot to room to a whole lot of room to operate, a whole lot to offer and. In uh, free agency, cash. So, uh, yeah, Strasburg Corbin, uh, Josiah Gray, and Mackenzie Gore are two good young arms. But they, the guys they got back in the Juan Soto trade. But I, I still don't think that's enough for them to even say that they're going to win with pitching and defense. So I, I think they're just going to be a team that's looking to. I don't think you can quite tank like you can in the NBA, but you know they're they're not looking to whole, win a whole lot of games this year. They're going to be a bottom feeder. So looking back on the NL East, ranking the teams one to five as as of today, end of February, getting ready to start spring training, I would rank the teams one Phillies, two Braves, three Mets. <clears throat> four or Marlins five nationals so moving along to the flip it to the to the al start on the same coast and we'll give the Toronto Blue Jays a look so starting with the Blue Jays, add Chris Bassett, add Kevin Kiermaier, great defender. You lose Ross Stripling, Rommel Tapia, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Bradley Zoomer. Uh You ship Teoscar Hernandez off for Adam Mako and Eric Swanson, and you bring in Anthony Bass on a new deal. So uh, for the Blue Jays, I feel like it was a pretty good offseason. I like Kiermaier a lot in the outfield. He he gives you a lot of flexibility with who you put out there because he is so good defensively. But other than that, just kind of staying in check. Their rotation will be solid again. Uh, but this team is really built, another team that's built around the bats with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and uh I'm having a straw hard time remembering names today, <coughs> Bo So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and, uh, and Bo Bichette are going to lead that lineup. I believe it's going to be another good good year for the Blue Jays. Hopefully their pitching holds up enough for them to be competitive. But that's something I believe we're going to have to, to just uh, play by here and see how it goes. Moving down south to, to the Tampa Bay Rays. It, it's going to be... Uh, it was another typical... Tampa Bay offseason, we'll just say that. Uh, no big splashes in free agency. Didn't spend a whole lot of money. Let Corey Kluber, Ryan Yarbrough, Kevin Kiermaier go. And didn't really make any moves to bring a lot of guys in. They're, once again, typical Tampa Bay fashion, going to be playing out of their out of their farm system. And this, this rotation for the Rays is... Uh, it's going to be a doozy. So you got Shane McClanahan, who had a phenomenal season last year. Tyler Glasnow should be back healthy. Uh, Shane Baz should be back healthy, and then you got Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs right, uh, rounding out the lineup. So that this could be one of the best rotations. Should everybody stay healthy and be at full full strength, should be one of the better rotations in baseball. They're going to be playing Ray. Raise ball. It's gonna be small ball and defense. Just kind of how they do it. Hit a few timely homers and and they're gonna win their fair share of of baseball games. It with the with the Rays. It it never ceases to to amaze me that they're able to to be as competitive as they are. Uh, you know, this year they're really gonna rely heavily on offense. Losing G-Man Choi. Uh, they're going to rely heavily on Brandon Lau and and Wander Franco up the middle, but though they've done it before and they'll they'll do it again again this year. They're they're going to compete. It's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch. And I believe the Rays may be a little bit of a of a dark horse team this season. So on up the coast. Looking at the, the Bronx Bombers, the New York Yankees, <clears throat> I think objective number one for the Yankees this offseason was bring back Aaron Judge, and they were able to do it. There was some serious doubt there for for a while, but I think this is where Judge wanted to be, it just coming off the, the massive season last year. he He was due to get paid. And he got it. He deserved the money. And they made one of the better moves that fit their roster. And that was going to picking up Carlos Rodon to move alongside Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez in the rotation. This Yankees team, it feels to me like they were a couple pieces away. And they got one of them. To, to start the year, and they'll have some time to make another move. They got the big big arm they needed to go with Garrett Cole. Nestor Cortez was really good last year, but don't know if they could really rely on him again to put up a season like that. So going to get an all-star pitcher, Carlos Rodon, was huge for them. The one thing that I would have liked to have seen them done was going and get another contact bat. I thought they made the perfect move at the trade deadline going to get Andrew Benintendi. But he uh, he got injured shortly after and wasn't able to contribute down the stretch. So that was a big loss. And they also let uh, Aroldis Chapman and Matt Carpenter go. Matt Carpenter had that unbelievable stretch with them last year. It was very fun to watch him get back out there and hit a ton of tanks. So... How they replace that production in the middle of the lineup, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I think the Yankees are going to, once they are able to go out and get that, they just need a, a guy that can really consistently get on base to, for Judge and Stanton and Rizzo to, to bring around. They, they have all the pop in the world in that lineup, but they just need some consistency and you saw, you really saw it exposed by the Astros' pitching staff last year in the off, in the postseason. They they just strike out so much, even uh, even when they do get guys on base, that it's just really it, it's a detriment to their offense. And they just need some consistency, guys that are going to put the ball in play, put pressure on the defense. Man, I think if they. They're able to do that. They'll be filled in one of the best, better rosters in the MLB this year. So we'll keep it, keep it in the AL East with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox are another team that just felt like they couldn't couldn't really make the right move this year. They lose Xander. Lose J.D. Martinez, lose Nathan Ivaldi, who'd been really good for them for a few years. And they didn't really bring in any big big names to to you know, replace them. With Xander, you lose one of the best shortstops in the league, and you don't bring anybody in to, to replace him. Uh, you bring Justin Turner in, uh, he he doesn't really fit well because of Rafael Devers holding down third base, one of the better third basemen in the league. And yeah, it's just you're used to seeing the Red Sox go get big names, and you just haven't seen it the last few off seasons. They they get Masatoka Yoshida, the Japanese. <clears throat> Japanese player hit 332 with 111 home runs and 396 RBI in the last five seasons over there. But how he translates, we'll see. Uh, obviously, he can hit, but that's really it for the for the Red Sox. I I was really expecting him to go make a run at a really Korea before the injury stuff happened or happened. But yeah, Rodon it never really felt like the, the Red Sox were in contention to get any of those guys and I think it's going to be another down year for Boston So the the division's tough it's just not I'm not really sure what the what management was was looking for there but yeah it, it's not I don't think Red Sox fans are going to be super happy with with the product they're putting on the field this year. The last team in the National League East, uh, Baltimore Orioles, this is probably one of the more positive outlooks on the, on the Baltimore Orioles since Adam Jones and uh, and Chris Davis were there in 2013-2014. They have quite a few good pieces now in the catcher and uh, got a few more guys on the bump so we'll see how it turns out for the Orioles this year I still think they need need to add some more some more bats and arms but they're starting to add quality players quality young guys and really build towards towards a solid lineup but again, they're in the NL East, so it's just one of those things that, that feels like for Baltimore, no matter how much they build and how much they try to spend, that they're never able to really get over the hump in the East and put together a good four or five year stretch where they're really, really competing at the, at the top of the division. So Yeah, going back to to ranking the the National League East or the excuse me the American League East teams. Uh, for me personally, I am going to go one Yankees. I think Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon in combination with the I think they're the most complete team in the league. I'll go one Yankees, two Rays, three Blue Jays, four Red Sox. Actually, let's go four Orioles with Adley Rushman and we'll go five Red Sox. I think the Yankees are just, again, the most complete team. Rays have the pitching, Blue Jays have the bats, and the two the two bottom feeders aren't aren't uh, aren't quite on that level. So from there, we'll head on back west to the American League Central and start with the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox were a major, major underperformer last year, with Jose Abreu and that lineup that was coming off a, a postseason appearance the year before. It, it felt like they were trending up. They had a, a young squad, but man, they just weren't able to <clears throat> to really ever feel like stay healthy or put a good, a good run together where they got in rhythm, everybody was on the same page, and they were winning ball games. This year, it feels like you kind of reset. You lose Jose Abreu, you lose Johnny Cueto, lose Vince Velasquez, A.J. Pollock, and then the, the older veteran middle infielders, Elvis Andrus. And you bring, you bring in two quality, quality players with Mike Levenger and Andrew Benintendi. Benintendi is a guy that I really like, and kind of like what the Yankees did last year. They bring him in to set the table for the the bigger bats in the heart of the White Sox. Order with uh, Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez, two guys that, the they're going to be looking towards for a lot of their offense. They're they're going to be expecting to take a step forward. So it's it's a white side. They have a lot of guys, just good players. Again, they what they need to improve on is their defense and their pitching is should be should be outstanding. Lucas Giolito and Dylan Cease should lead Mike Clevenger and the rest of the rotation into to being one of the top top groups in the. In the league, they keep Liam Hendricks as well, uh, so their bullpen is still pretty solidified. I, I like this White Sox team. I think they're going to be able to to be pretty competitive, and I, I, I still think they're the fav- the favorite in the Central. I don't think any of these teams are quite as complete as they are, as far as having. You know, they don't have an abundance in pitching or an abundance of hitting, but they have enough of both to, to win the division. So moving on down, uh, we'll hit on the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, it's going to take me a while to get adapted to saying Guardians from Indians. So if I say Indians, you're going to have to let it slide. Uh they they went and got a player that I really like, Josh Bell, a good switch hitting first baseman, and then you bring in Mike Zanino, another good, a guy who had a good season last year on the plate in Seattle, uh, and then you uh, lose Austin Hedges, Luke Malley, and Brian Shaw. It's, uh, it's gonna a it's going to be a pretty solid Cleveland squad. They were they were young last year, won 92 games, and. Yeah, they didn't really do a whole lot. They traded, went and got Luis, uh, excuse me, Pablo Lopez via trade. Gave up Luis Arias to get him, but I like the move. Get another really good arm. So, yeah, it's going to be a good Cleveland squad. I don't think they're quite as complete all the way through the rotation as the White Sox are. But they're gonna be pretty solid offensively. Adding Josh Bell and Mike Zanino to what was a pretty potent offense last year should should make them one of the one of the better lineups in the league. So we'll we'll see how that shakes down. But I do like the Guardian squad. I I've got them number two in the in the AL Central. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to watching them play. They're they're always a fun lineup. They're young still. Uh, like i said didn't lose a whole lot they're going to have a good time and they're going to win some ball games up there this year moving along to a bottom feeder the detroit tigers another team that it feels like they they're they're trying but they can't can't really make the move that they need to make to to get competitive they have a lot of young guys that they brought <clears throat> brought up last year that they're going to be looking for, uh, to have a, a breakout season. And then they, they're going to be relying a lot on Javi Baez again in the middle of the lineup. I, uh, one of the more strange free agent signings from a year ago that paid him a lot of money to strike out a lot. It was, a. Uh, it was really mysterious when they uh, signed him. You know, they paid him a lot, but he he's got an opt out after this year. Hopefully, for the for the Tigers' sake, because I hate seeing a team that's this bad. But hopefully, for the Tigers' sake, he's able to put together a decent year. Maybe they can trade him at the deadline. He can give somebody a little boost going into the postseason. Yeah, they're really to, for them to to have a successful season. I don't think it's going to come the win column. I think it's going to be in the development of guys like Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson who, you know, Riley Green came up and had some, some good moments. Spencer Torkelson really struggled last year. Uh, so if they see improvement from those guys, I think you're going to chalk that up in the win column for, for Detroit this season. And I think that's really the only, uh, the only wrap-up you can give there on the Tigers, they're they're not going to be looking to compete. Moving on down the Central, we'll hit on the Kansas City Royals. So the Royals are another team that needs a lot and didn't move much. So they lost Zach Grinke and bring in Ryan Yarbrough. No trades, no extensions. And, And in such a small market uh you know, you really have to work build up that farm system and they really haven't been able to put together a a good squad for, for a few years now. They will be looking to I, I believe they'll be looking to trade guys like Michael A. Taylor and Amir Garrett over the course of this season and into the remainder of the preseason just to try to build up the, the farm system and maybe make a run in a few years, but yeah, it's not not looking very bright in in Kansas City at the time. They're going to be right there with Tigers with the Tigers, one of the worst teams in baseball. Because so that leaves us with the Minnesota Twins. So the Twins had a <coughs> another team that had an interesting off season. So. They thought they lost Correa all, all offseason, but he comes back to them. Signs the monster deal. So you bring in, I, I don't want to say bring, but you bring back Correa. You bring in Joey Gallo, and you bring in Christian Vasquez. Uh, Gallo was really able to put together a, a, a nice end of the season with the, with the Dodgers. So we'll see what kind of production he's able to give them. They... I don't know how to describe their, uh, their off season here. So they, they go and get Kyle Farmer. They go and get uh, Tyler Mallee towards the end of the season last year. So uh, we'll see. They're, they're going to have a good lineup. It's going to be Byron Buxton, Gallo, and uh, Correa doing a lot of the damage. But they, I just don't think they have enough on the pitching front. I really thought that they should have put an emphasis on going to get a starter to to really give some some depth to their rotation. You know they they've got some they've got some bats. They uh, are going to be looking for something out of Royce Lewis too. So, uh, yeah, Royce Lewis. Byron Buxton, Joey Gallo, that's who's going to be trying to get it done for the Twins. I think it kind of puts them in the middle of the pack with the with the Tigers and the Royals being so, so bad, but I don't think that they're quite on the level of the White Sox and the Indians, so for me, personally, I've got the White Sox with Dylan Cease, and uh, Lucas Giolito just a tick ahead of the Indians uh, in the one spot in the AL Central and Indians in the two spot, Twins in the three spot Uh, Tigers and Royals, you guys can rank them ever how you want it doesn't matter, they're going to be bad and that's all there is to it in the Central so our final division as it has for the past few years, will run... I would say almost the past decade. Will run through the Houston Astros. So you'll lose lose Justin Berlander, lose Trey Mancini off the championship team, lose Yuli Gurriel, Will Smith, Oledmus Diaz, and Christian Vasquez. But you bring in former MVP, Jose Abreu. So... He, he's going to fill the gap. It, it felt like for years, they the lineup was so dominant at every position besides first base. So what do you do? You just go get one of the best hitting first basemen in the league. They bring Michael Brantley back. So, I mean, it's another loaded lineup. It's going to be Abreu, Brantley, uh, Bregman. <laughs> and uh, the rest of the squad, they bring most everybody back, Kyle Tucker uh, yeah, it's, Houston's gonna be right back right back in it, if uh, you told me they repeated uh, I wouldn't be surprised that the rotation did take a little bit of a hit, but you still got most of your quality guys there, Christian Javier leading the charge, but again, that that's going to be a lineup that you do not want to see any day of the week, adding Jose Abreu in the mix there is, is dangerous, so we'll keep it moving, I think that was a pretty quick rundown on the, on the Houston Astros, but I, I don't think there's much more you need to hear there keeping it moving in the West, the Los Angeles Angels, the roster with arguably the two best players in baseball that somehow year in, year out manages to, to fall short of expectations. So Mike Trout, Shohei Otane, Taylor Ward, uh, they're, they're really, the lineup should be good. The lineup should be good. There's no excuse for them not to hit. They, uh, they lose Michael Lorenzen, lose Archie Bradley, and, uh, bring in Tyler Anderson and Carlos Estevez. Hopefully a few guys that are able to give a little more stability to the rotation, uh, alongside Otani. So, yeah, it. It, it feels like it's time for the for the Angels to make a push, whether or not it <coughs> happens or, or not, who knows? It, it's it's the it's the Angels, and that's what drives me crazy about them. I, I would love so much for Mike Trout to be able to to make a run, uh, you know, deep into the into the postseason, but it, it, we'll just have to see. It every year it seems like they they make a, a solid move. And you just never know what you're going to get out of what they they pay for. They they also were able to add one piece that I really liked in Hunter Renfro. It gives them a, a little more pop there in the middle of the lineup. I I like Renfro a lot. Good defender as well. So yeah, it, we'll just have to see with the Angels. All the pieces are in place. You got Trout. You got Otani. You got Rendon, who has not been worth anything close to what he signed for but we'll have to see how that one plays out uh, one team that made some monster moves this offseason the Texas Rangers the if they didn't do enough uh, last offseason going and getting <coughs> excuse me uh Kyle Seager and excuse me, Corey Seager. Uh, yeah, they they did again this year. So bring in Jacob Degrom and Andrew Haney, two really good arms. And that was the that was the weak spot of this team last year. They just had zero pitching, and who else to go out and add but Jacob Degrom? So. Again, they go pay the big money and retain Jose Barrios. I, I do see them going out and maybe making a move at some point for for another bat. But between uh, between Seager and Marcus Simeon and you know the the rest of the team, I, I think they should be able to. To push enough runs across to at least, at least be competitive, better than last year. It's a it's a tough division, but yeah, I, I think they'll be they'll, they'll put their best product in a few years on the team, on the field this year. So I'll move it up the coast to the Seattle Mariners. The add Trevor Got. Lose Mitch Hanniger, Carlos Santana, Adam Frazier, and Matt Boyd. Uh, Move off Jesse Winkler and Eric Swanson, Adam Mako. And then you move Kyle Lewis to bring in Teoscar Hernandez, Colton Wong, and Cooper Hummel. So, what you want to say about those moves, I I don't think any of them are real needle, needle movers. Teoscar Hernandez could be that guy he wasn't outstanding last year but he was good Winkler Winkler was he was okay for him uh yeah I, I think it was a good offseason for Seattle they retain Robbie Ray you still have Luis Castillo who was ridiculous last year especially after the trade deadline keep Julio Rodriguez and yeah they're gonna be right in the mix for uh the NL West. So, the I think one of the key pieces for them this year is going to be Jared Kelenic. So they need that left-handed bat in the lineup. They don't don't have a lot of pop from the left side now, losing uh, Jesse Winkler. So, yeah, Kelenic is going to be the difference maker out out there uh, alongside Julio Rodriguez, who is going to be looking to. Have a, a put a monster season on the board, a, a literal do it all player. Uh, I think he's going to be really fun to watch. But Kellin, if he's able to get up and hit, I mean, if he hits two eighty five, uh, I feel like that's a a great season. And the Mariners are probably <clears throat> probably right in the mix. And yeah, that's it's a team that solid lineup, solid pitching, the. The AL West is going to be, it's going to be an absolute battle, and uh, I'm very excited to watch it. So, as we finish up here with maybe the the worst team in baseball, the Oakland A's, who made some strange moves this offseason. Uh move Sean Murphy, if you're trying to to build a, a lineup, I think you want to start with one of the best catchers in baseball who you have locked up for a few more years uh, it, it was a really strange off- they didn't do anything that, that made you feel like they got better uh, and you trade your best player uh, it, over the last <clears throat> the last year they've traded away Chris Bassett Matt Olson, Matt Chapman Sean I Frankie Montes, Lou Trevino, and Sean Murphy, and they got nothing back. They have no top 40 prospects, no top, just three top 100 pros- prospects, and nothing on their roster that makes you even bat an eye at think they're moving in the right direction. They have literally nothing. Uh, it's going to be a bad year. They're money ball tank, whatever whatever you want to call it, it's uh, it's going to be atrocious in Oakland. Probably the worst roster. I mean, the the three worst rosters, I feel like, are Oakland, Detroit, and Kansas City. I don't think I, I, this could be one of the lowest win totals we see in a few years of this Oakland team. I, it's not going to be good. And in the AL West, it's I mean, it could get pretty bad for them. So, rounding out the, our division preview, I'm gonna just personally. Uh, this could this is one that could vary. This probably that this division will see the most variance. I feel like in how people rank them preseason and how it ends up. But obviously, you got to stick with Astros one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Angels two. Rangers 3, Mariners 4, and, yeah, A's 5th. They're the worst team in baseball. It's going to be bad. So, yeah, that's your division preview. I I feel like it's going to be a really fun year. There's some really good rosters, some really bad rosters. It's, yeah, I I can't wait for the season to get started. And to round it out, I'm going to give my preseason AL and, M- AL and NL MVP picks so the National League there there's a guy I would really like to see win one I think he's going to be able to put together a monster season and it's Nolan Arenado So, Nolan Arenado, he played alongside the National League MVP last year. Goldschmidt won it. And I think he's just going to – he had such a good season last year. I feel like he's finally going to be able to win his NL MVP. He's been right there so many years, won all the Silver Sluggers, the Gold Gloves, the Platinum Gloves. I I would really just like to see him win one to round out his career resume. He's – He's been so consistent in St. Louis. He's been a great signing for him. I think it's going to come down to him, and I think Mookie Betts is going to get back in in that talk. He was up and down a little bit last year, but I could see Mookie having a monster season. Him and Freddie batting back-to-back in that lineup is is going to be lethal again. And Mookie, he, you know, he's, for, for years in Boston, he was great. He's been good in LA, but just not quite on that level he was back on the East Coast, but I think he gets there this year. So, I said one, but I'll give you two. Mookie Betts, Nolan Arenado, I think it's going to be... I'm not going to say I think it's going to be one of those two guys, but those are two guys that I could really see having monster seasons. In the American League, I'm going to go back to the well with Mike Trout. I think Trout has a... A healthy season first and foremost and I have a feeling that Trout's going to put up some monster monster home run numbers this year I if he got over 50 I would not be surprised at all and the way he plays if he hits over 50 home runs he, he's a lock for the MVP he's going to do so much damage on the base pass in the lineup that yeah I I, I think this is going to be a career year for Trout he as long as he is healthy and this has been the knock his whole career, but as long as he's healthy, he's going to absolutely terrorize pitchers this entire season. I'm really looking forward to watching it. I hope you guys are too. It's going to be a fun season. I feel like baseball's in a good spot. There's so many good good young pitchers and prospects. Uh, it, it's, it, baseball's in good hands, and it, it's going to be another good year. So to, to round the episode out, we ended last episode with with a little question for you guys. So I posed the question to Hunter, what just what he thought, and I believe it's a for Kentucky. It's pretty consensus the answer to this question. But what is the most haunted place in the state of Kentucky? And I'm sure all you guys are thinking the same thing, or at least I hope you are. If you got somewhere more haunted than this place, you need to write an email and let us know about it so we can discuss the topic for next week's Wormhole Wednesday excuse me, this week's Wormhole Wednesday is the Waverly Hills in Sanatorium it is uh, it's quite, quite the uh, quite the haunt oh, we'll just say that uh, well, so we'll review the history some of the legends and stories that have came out of there over the years and let you guys know all about Waverly Hills Sanatorium. So with that, we'll end this uh, this Monday episode, uh, MLB preview. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Watch some baseball this year. Go to a few games. Enjoy uh, enjoy the great game. And yeah, see you guys on Wednesday.